Right. Yeah, it's like it's at that cadence. We went through this exact same thing the last time I was. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yep. never going to sound right because there's a slight delay when you hear yeah. each other's. So don't worry about that. And it's always a cold open. Just it can never fail. To <laughs> I know. I remember you threw it on at the last cold open. <laughs> don't put this on, and you did. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Here we go. One more time. One, two, three. Well done. That everybody. was beautiful. You guys are synced up beautiful. I think I think we actually nailed that. Mm. There it is. <laughs> Good work, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And joining us for the fifth time this podcast is Eric Deutsch. Hello. I'm so excited to return one more time. Thank you, Eric Deutsch. Uh, joining us from the Flash Gordon Minute and the Escape from New York Minute podcasts. I believe uh, Eric has been on the show as a guest more than anyone else except for maybe your brother, John. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Aaron and you definitely have asterisks because – right. <laughs> You were both co-hosts of the show. Right. So I would say outside of anybody who hosted the show officially, yeah, Eric would be the uh, the heavyweight champion as it stands right now. I'm a little uh, speechless. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations to Eric. Uh, you'll be receiving your plaque in the mail in just a Black. couple of days. Plaque. <laughs> Plaque. Mac. 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 Uh, yeah, Eric um, first joined us for a couple of minutes uh, during the heated discussion between um, Dutch and Dylan. The You set us up. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. You set us up. It's all bullshit. Um, that conversation. So one of our better dramatic line reads of our podcast. <laughs> uh, True. He joined minute 70 and 71 uh, when Mac and Dylan are planning Mac. their... Dylan. Back. Dylan. Planning their big attack on the Predator, which uh, ultimately didn't go so well, but uh, Eric was there to at least partner with us and discussing things. Absolutely. So thank you, uh, Eric, once again for coming back. We're really excited to have you. Oh, I, I'm very, I was very excited that you guys asked me to come on again. Yeah, awesome. it's good to have you. And uh, we're talking minute 92 of Predator. And if you haven't seen from my notes already, uh, we're in that stage of the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> this third act in, in the 90s, uh, where we are talking about what the number actually means a little bit before we jump into the minute. So uh, I hope you'll indulge uh, us here, Eric, and feel free to throw in your own thoughts anytime, anytime, uh, <laughs> about anytime. Like, 92 or anytime. Nice. 1992 might mean. So uh, just knocking the numbers out of the way first, like the number 92 in sports would be Reggie, the Minister of Defense White, mm. uh, Haloti Naga, no, Haloti Nada, Michael Strahan, James Harrison, and Brandon Meebane, who I threw Ooh. in because I know you guys are Seahawks fans. <laughs> Seahawks. Uh, another fantastic nickname you found here, the Minister of Defense. That one stands out to me because playing John Madden football way back in the early 90s, like oh. the simplest of graphics, they would hardly ever have like extra banner words. They would like just say kind of like go Titan, not Titans, go Packers or whatever. But when you did play as, I can't remember, was it the Eagles in the early 90s or the Packers? I can't remember. At some point, Reggie White 
move from the Eagles to the Packers, but mm. whatever team, whenever you had him as like on your home team in the stands, like someone would have a sign that said the minister of defense of defense. And I was just so impressed that like it was that yeah. specific. He was super popular. That's Not great. only that, but he was one of those defensive players in those early Madden games where it, it, he was unstoppable. He would sack the quarterback like every play. <laughs> yes. I, I believe he's still the leader in sacks. He and uh, Strahan are up there. I know that. Um, he was like the defensive version of Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unstoppable. Yes. Yeah, or just... like Lawrence Taylor in Tech Mobile. <laughs> right, right. Um, our our uh, list of sequels is less impressive this time, John. It's a little bit less impressive. Um, you have Still like, some Home good Alone. ones, though. Yeah, still some good mm-hmm. ones. Home Alone 2, Lethal Weapon 3, Batman Returns, Meatballs 4. <laughs> Uh, Alien Three, uh, Pet Cemetery Two, Hellraiser Three. Where else to go? Then a bunch, of, a bunch of movies with numbers in it. So Jennifer Eight, Love Potion Number Nine, Malcolm Ten, <laughs> Passenger Fifty Seven, <laughs> Highway Sixty One, K Two, Article Ninety Nine, and Fourteen Ninety Two. And before anybody wow. tweets me, I know it's not Malcolm Ten. I know it's Malcolm X, but I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, what's Malcolm 10? Yeah, I got to be honest, that joke went over my head too. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So kind of a bunch of like the weird, I'd say black sheep of sequels are coming out then. Yeah, yeah. I saw Hellraiser 3 in the movie theater. Oh Oh. God, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's when the Hellraiser movies really started to like, start to go downhill although three is not as bad I, there there's like eight or nine whatever yeah, Hellraiser they, they, movies a lot of them Ugh, and they just get really shitty and one and two are pretty great but um three i remember as being not so good and i think it just went downhill from there but uh some good sequels there a lethal weapon three um alien three that that causes a lot of controversy in the uh alien fandom world but uh I, I think it's a decent addition yeah that's that's it's kind of like the weird one after alien aliens yeah yeah it's like it's the one where she's like on that planet with all the blue collar like workers and yeah there's a lot of sort of like socioeconomic undertones to it i think <laughs> yeah it was a little she, heady yeah for an alien movie i felt like is she a clone in that one i forget Oh, maybe. I, I It's been a while since I watched it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh, let's see. I, I had to include Medicine Man because John McTiernan directed it, but I've never seen that one. That might be one that I have to add to my list because... Oh, is that the one with Sean Connery? Yes, that's the one with... Dude. D- <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> I, uh, that's one that was on cable a lot when I was a kid. That I've actually seen a weird, a weirdly a lot of times. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he plays like a a white man living in like the jungle with a uh, with like an indigenous tribe, and hmm. uh, he's he's doing a bunch of research and looking for medicines that he can take to the rest of the world. It's oh, so it's like Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Your brother. Oh. It's like it's it should just be called your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Zimbabwe. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, I'm the medicine man. <laughs> I never saw I never saw that one, but for some reason I still remember thirty years later a line from the trailer for it. And I, hmm. I don't know if it maybe I saw a lot of movies that summer and, and so I saw the trailer a lot, but I just remember 
I found the cure for the cancer of the 20th century and now I've lost it. What don't you understand? I found a cure for the fucking plague of the 20th century and now I've lost it. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, I was trying to remember the, like the line and that's what it is. I've lost it. I found a cure for the fucking plague of the 20th century and now I've lost it. Yeah, like, and I don't know why it. I would remember such a thing. Yeah, oh. dude, that, that's amazing. I've lost it. I remember that too. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be the big drop right here. I love it. <laughs> oh, nice pull. All right. I found a cure for the fucking plague of the twentieth century, and now I've lost it. Yeah. Uh, before I move on, and if you guys have anything else, add you can add it too. But I I, I had to write down some games here uh, on the SNES. You had Zelda: A Link to the Past, Super Mario Kart, hmm. Street Fighter Two. And TMNT four and Contra three is like the big games. I I had those. Oh, and Mario Paint. We you know Aaron and I played these to death back in yeah. the early nineties. These are like a, a huge pivotal moment uh, in video gaming for us. Yeah, Super Mario Kart was a big one for me. Oh, um, huge. and Street Fighter two, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed some music you listed here, and uh, I won't yeah. talk about everything. But uh, last minute, we discussed how in the nineties there was a trend where a movie's release was uh, paralleled by a song from its soundtrack and the video to that song was also basically a commercial for the movie, right? It was like this large, uh, you know, commercial push. Uh, And so you listed, I will always love you. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's from the bodyguard, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was another one, right? Where like that song was like a commercial for that movie and vice versa. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think last minute we talked about 91. So that, that was a couple of them, right? That was yeah. Prince of Thieves with Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, how, how am I drawing a blank? What's the song from that? Everything I do, I do it for you. There it Thank is. Thank you, Eric. But what's the song for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I walked right into that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything I do, I do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other one uh, from last minute was what T2 and the Guns N' Roses song, You'll Be Mine. And I, I mentioned uh, Seal from Batman Forever, but that comes later. We'll talk about that more later, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was another big one. All right, nice. Well, um, are we talking about Predator this minute? <laughs> I love this segue. It's yeah. become, oh, it's like, <laughs> that's your segue that I have one for you much later. Um, yeah, let's talk about the actual minute of Predator. So minute 92 of Predator opens with Dutch looking into the jungle, and it ends with Dutch looking at some Predator blood. Mm. KY jelly. <laughs> the glow-in-the-dark kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we we will break this minute up into two parts, and we're going to break it up exactly into two parts. We're going to look at the first 30 seconds and the second 30 seconds. Exactly. We carry over from last minute. <laughs> Dutch is looking into the misty jungle from behind some boulders. He picks up a small rock and flings it into a nearby cliff face. Cut to the predator vision. We see the predator is watching the falling rock. The predator's red triangle target sights the falling rock and then fires a laser at the rock. Cut to Dutch, peeking his head around the rocks and grass to see the source of the laser. He hoists his spear, the one without the knife, and then moves around the boulder. Mm. End of first part. That is Mm. a nice boulder. 
It's a yeah. nice boulder. Um, this is fun. We're get, really kind of getting into the cat and mouse portion of uh, this act, aren't we? Yeah, it, it, it's going to go both ways uh, this minute and next minute. So, you know, hoping Eric can come back next week, possibly to talk about the wraparound of the cat and the mouse. Mm. Mm. Maybe. I hope so, too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this minute goes first. Let's see if you want to stick around, but yeah, uh, I didn't have a ton of notes from this minute, um, but part of that was due to having a guest to help uh, help bring some observations. But I, I think something that I saw. Well, actually, you're the guest, Eric. What stands out to you? What am I doing? I'm so so bad. <laughs> so yeah, see everything. You do. You don't do for me. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, I, I, there were a few things in the first half. Um, I guess going in chronological order. The first one is Arnold gets this, like, has this epiphany, and he gets like he gets this look on his face that like he, he had this incredible realization of I'm going to pick up this rock and, and I'm and I'm and I'm going to throw it, and it just to me just the the expression on his face. Is almost like, you know, I accidentally discovered the theory of relativity. <laughs> when it's really just like, hmm, let me throw this rock. It just didn't seem that, you know, the epiphanous face that he makes really matched up with what it is he realized right. he should do. You, know? you guys, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I will throw this rock. <laughs> it is a great face. I'm freezing and it's about second seven that he his gaze lowers from the trees to this rock in a very contemplative manner. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I just saw this. <laughs> and then they highlight it when he throws the rock. Did you guys notice they slow it down a little bit? The rock yeah. throw is almost in slow motion. It's yeah. so dramatic. It's like, it's not his throw that slowed down. That's a normal speed, but the rock falling against the cliff face or the rock face is, is definitely slowed down. And it's even slowed down in predator vision, which is kind of questionable because the predator vision itself seems to be new, moving at normal speed, but the rock is still moving mm. slow-mo. Maybe that's supposed to show us how quickly the predator vision is actually moving. Mm-hmm. It's moving. Oh, like Quicksilver style. Like he's moving. Sorry, Jeff, you don't understand that reference, but I don't. Quicksil- Quicksilver is uh, one of the members of the X-Men. Do I have that right? At least he's in the X-Men movies. He's in the Marvel movies, and he's a character who can slow... Uh, not slowed on time. He can move so quickly that to him, mm. the rest of uh, the environment is going at a very slow pace. Yeah. What do you guys think of the, the graphics here of the predators uh, targeting system from his perspective? I think this is pretty cool. I love these like eighties sort of like computer video game graphics that we get here. Mm. Is this the, I, I think it's very cool. Is this the first time that we're seeing this graphic? Uh, I think it's the first time. I think it is the first time we're seeing the graphic. I'm trying to remember the other times. I think it's the first time we see it from his perspective. From his perspective? Yeah, we've seen the triangle laser. Right, right. um, But I think this is the first time we see it from his vision. Uh, And it's pretty fun. Like, it it definitely, like, harkens back to, like I said, kind of the 80s-style video game or arcade games, you know? Oh, sure. Reminds me of, like, the Star Wars uh, video games like in the early 80s where everything is like wireframe but it's still three-dimensional like you're going to the trench of the death star oh yeah it's all like just kind of like (laughs) these uh poly polygonal lines making up these bigger shapes almost like star fox or uh harkening back to eric's podcast kind of like escape from new york and the 
the time he's in the collider in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Oh, Star Fox is a good call because Star Fox literally has like a triangle sight. Um, it's very similar. Yeah. Mm. But I think this is a cool transition. Like, so we get this kind of slowed down rock. I'm wondering if they slowed that down because in real time it just went so fast. It was hard to maybe even see. I thought so the same thing. I yeah. think if it was shown in real time, you, I don't think the audience would have even seen the rock. Yeah, so they slow it down, but then they do a good job of a like, quick cut to Predator Vision, and uh, we also see the rock kind of slow down, flying across the screen, and then cut into this uh, awesome targeting system, and then we see that laser blast from the trees um, almost taking out uh, Dutch's head. This is a pretty cool sequence, and again, we get the explosion with the sparks. I love all the sparks. Like There's just a shitload of fireworks going off in the jungle. It's it's pretty cool yeah how he's using that laser sight how that laser just blasts the crap out of the rock to me what was really impressive was the speed at which he's reacting uh he targets that rock and if it's if we're to believe that this is a little bit slow motion then it's maybe a second that it takes him to target and then fire it's not wasting any time uh he's not messing around if this is if he's thinking this is dutch he's right still out to kill yeah. right away he's he's still going for that kill shot right away there's uh, uh that cowardly distance he's still keeping is he targeting the center of the rock <laughs> <laughs> targets the center of the rock <laughs> wow wow full circle you guys full circle <laughs> full circle <laughs> that is a cool shot of like the laser like coming out of nowhere when, yeah. when the predator shoots, it made me think of in Return of the Jedi when Leia is hiding behind the tree on Endor uh, with Wicket, and the first time a stormtrooper shoots at it, the laser just kind of comes out of the trees from nowhere. Uh, yeah, I think that's it's, it's cool that you don't it just sudden, you don't see the predator, so the laser just suddenly appears and, and shoots. No, so to your to your point, Eric, you still don't see the predator here when it fires a shoulder cannon. I think they just kind of had like a little spark squib, and in the beginning of the minute. Similarly, when he's looking up in the trees, I've looked at this few first few seconds. Um, you don't see the predator at all. You're not going to mm. see the predator until the next thirty seconds. Uh, I might be wrong, and someone might find that. Like people have been saying all movie, like, "Oh, there he is!" Like you can see him. You know, the first ten minutes in, he's just hiding in the tree, invisible. But uh, I'm not seeing any indication. We know he's not invisible anymore because he had to switch it off due to like a a faulty wrist gauntlet. Um, whatever cloaking device when Arnold shot the tree with the uh, ex- shot the log with the explosive arrow. Um, so it's maybe not that surprising that you can't see him, that he's still supposed to be such a good hunter. He's almost invisible even right here. So what do you guys think of Arnold's plan here? His plan to draw out the predator with this rock. Well, I that's, ul- that's ultimately I, I, what he's doing, right? Yeah. And I got to say that the predator is way too easily fooled. I mean, this yeah. is an amateur mistake. He gives up his position immediately. And, and I, I, you know, I think that goes back to the theory you guys floated way, way back that this is maybe this guy's first, you know, training ground or something like that because he's just, <laughs> he immediately gives up his position. Oh, I was just going to agree and say like, you can, like even in the predator vision, he must see that this thing he's firing at is not Dutch. Like, it looks like a rock, <laughs> you know, even <laughs> Predator Vision. So he's firing at it. Maybe it's just, it's his quick reaction to it. Like he sees something move, he just fires without thinking, you know? 
But you're right, Eric. Like it gives away his position immediately. It seems like an amateur mistake. I mean, he did something similar, right? Like I was kind of maybe, uh, gosh, this is a while back, but when Dutch fires, maybe not a little while back, just a few minutes ago, but when Dutch fires the explosive bow and arrow at the predator on the log, the predator totally exposes himself and he's like kind of marching on a log and not firing on it at all. Yeah. Um, prior to the time when uh, Dutch fires a, an explosive arrow at him. So I, I'm kind of the, of the opinion that like the predator is still kind of playing coy. Maybe I know this goes back on, goes back against what I just said a minute ago, but I think the predator is playing a little bit coy in that he is maybe giving away his position just enough. So hopefully he can draw out Dutch. Like he's trying to mm. do like, like you're saying Eric or Jeff, I can't remember who said at the beginning. Sorry. The whole cat and mouse angle of this is really um, picking up here. Like I imagine the predator knows that if he fires at this little rock, knowing that it's not Dutch, that some reaction is going to happen because we're going to see what happens in the next 30 seconds. Yeah. Is, he doesn't necessarily just call the night after blowing the crap out of that rock. He's like, mm, maybe there's more to this. Yeah. And I imagine at this point, the predator still does not see Dutch as a major threat. I, I can't, I mean, he did get that arrow, that blow up arrow on him. Um, but other than that, I still think he's just feels like he's probably toying around with this thing in the jungle, the way a cat might toy around with a mouse. Um, now Dutch is going to prove him wrong here and in fact, pretty quick, but, uh, um, that might be his mindset. Maybe that's why he just saw something move and shot at it and didn't really care if it exposed his position. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's still so arrogant of a hunter and right. Yeah. He, he can take him on no matter what happens. Um, yeah. Cause earlier on uh, when Dutch is swimming out of the water and he's covered in mud and the predator is looking at Dutch, but not seeing him. And then the predator kind of kicks over. Oh no! You know what? He did fire a laser at that thing too. It was like another little like Mexican porcupine. Oh yeah, that's right. When yeah. he came out of the water. So yeah, I, mean, I think the predator is just kind of like impulsive. Maybe I don't know. It's like my theory is going to change every movie. Or sorry, <laughs> my theory is just going to be changing like every minute. Right. You know, well, like <laughs> oh no, he's smarter than that. Oh no, he's way dumb or he's young and impulsive. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm going to go back to young and impulsive and like a little bit arrogant. Well, um, do you guys have anything else to add about this first section before we move on to the next 30 minutes? 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Sorry. Woo. Wow, you really <laughs> had me back for a long episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in, everybody. Uh, I'm good for the first part. I'm good. Okay. Right. So to the second part of the minute. This will be from second 31 till the end. We cut back, back back to Predator Vision, and the Red Triangle sight starts coming together as the Predator scans the jungle until he zooms into a patch of black and blue. We cut back to the peeking Dutch, who quickly ducks down as a laser blast explodes right next to his head, causing him to roll away from the rocks. He rolls into a crouch, from which he launches his spear at the Predator's location, creating a huge explosion in the trees and causing the predator to roar and move out of the tree. We then cut back to Dutch, now on the move, as he crouch slash walks toward the camera, sharp spear in hand, until he pauses to look up at the trees, when he then spies some green blood on a nearby rock. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) End of minute. Eric, so 
What are, you, what are you taking away from the second part? The, the first thing is that as cool as the targeting graphic was in the first half of the minute, it's even cooler in this one. Because yeah. here we see like the lines flying in from the side and forming the triangle like he's, you know, it, it's it's like it's it's tracking what he's going to shoot at before he shoots it. And it's just, again, it's another cool 80s graphic. Yeah, it's like in a first-person shooter, if you have like a, you know, a crosshairs that maybe comes into focus or kind of lights up as you like center or like, you know, center in on the target, it's kind of what's happening here, right? Like as he's moving, you see these different parts coming together and then it locks in when he has his, his thing in sight. It's a really cool, again, it's kind of an 80s, uh, you know, video game graphic but i think it's effective i really like the way it, it feels yeah as you were saying that eric i was thinking about mm-hmm. more about like modern warfare video games where like you have to paint a target with a laser before you can actually fire the thing sometimes or drop the bomb on that target so i wonder if this is part of the mechanism for having to fire the laser i could probably research the shoulder cannon sometime and and learn a little bit but if he's <laughs> having to like kind of paint it from his mask at least i wonder if that's required before he fires the laser or if he can just kind of fire the laser willy-nilly like he did a few minutes ago from uh, the log up into the trees i love this uh sequence after the targeting happens and we get the laser blast from the predator we see dutch kind of ducking behind this log and it doesn't hit him but he barely seems phased and we get this pretty awesome like tuck roll and then stand up and throw the spear like it's pretty sweet mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is like a hundred percent a hunter move, like someone yeah. hunting a big game would do. Like dodge the attack, roll away, and just yeah, chuck a spear at it, and just right hope, hope to land the killing blow with that. Love it. Yeah. It's it's like a hundred percent action right there. Yeah, and and he uh, he gets on target. He we we find out soon that he must have caused a little damage here. So good job Dutch with that toss. That, that's a long throw. If you look at the, the distance, he had to huck that thing. Yeah. And now that answers our question about the little spears from last minute, right? So right. you were you were right that the blunt end of that one spear was an explosive device. Yeah. So you must have had what two grenades at least handy, one to make the arrow that exploded and. One to also make a spear explosive. He just keeps hitting the Predator with explosions. And the Predator is like, like I said a few minutes ago, the Predator is kind of like the action hero in his own movie right now because he's like taking all these blows and just like kind of <laughs> shaking them off a little bit. Like, oh, like now I have like a like a shoulder scratch or something like that. Or right. now I just can't turn invisible. Oh, that's a big bummer. But he's still on the move. He's still jumping out of trees and yeah, maybe trying to escape at this point. I don't really know. Yeah, you see him after that explosion. He kind of jumps down from his perch, and then we don't see him again after that. So he he is he's moving. Some more some more good sparks. And if if you guys ever played, I mean, this is like right away reminiscent. If you ever played one of those gopher, you know, hammer games in the arcade mm-hmm. where the little gophers are popping up their head, like that part is like so funny to me. It's about second thirty eight thirty nine, <laughs> where the laser focuses on something we don't really see what he focuses on but we see dutch pop his little head up and like <laughs> the explosion like scares him away enough where he can you know get out of there in time without having his head blown off but it's it's just such a funny little moment to have arnold popping his head up then have to duck down to dodge the laser 
Uh, it just, yeah, it really made me think of that arcade game. I might have to bring back my GIF game and make a little GIF out of that head bob right there. <laughs> can you can you laser the Dutch or something like that? Right, right. Um, Eric, what do you think about this little run uh, that we get from Dutch through this trench with the camera right in front of him? I think this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool shot. Um, you know, it's it's got a little bit of a sort of because it's like underneath him looking up at him and he's covered in the mud it's got like a real like you know mm. visceral hunter you know man yeah, of nature yeah, kind of point. To it. arnold makes a really good like crow magnon caveman for sure a paleolithic hunter yeah. i love it yeah <laughs> yeah he's uh he's a much larger meaner encino man for sure <laughs> <laughs> stop wheezing the whatever he says don't wheeze uh, the juice I, I oh, love that, came out, that came out in 92 wait a oh, second oh, beautiful so, yeah I, I love this little shot here it's Arnold looks so menacing and I think it's just pretty cool camera work too I, I this seems like it's got to be handheld camera work right here it's um, double handheld because it Starts in front of him, him coming at the camera, cuts to behind him, still yeah. walking the same way, cuts back to in front of him. That is, I mean, it's such simple editing, but it's like, it's incredible when it just seamlessly blends like that. Yeah, it works really well. They do a good job with it. And uh, and then we get Arnold kind of uh, standing up, giving us a nice pose right around second 54. Like, that's a pretty badass uh, kind of striking hunter pose right there i have to say yeah that'd be a good like uh profile picture or something like that right <laughs> yeah i know you're, you're you're not wrong holding that spear and i originally said that spear with the sharp end was his knife is that still looking at second 53 is that still looking like his life support knife to me it looks more like i don't know like a kind of a small katana or something like that with the size of that blade in some shots I think it might be a little inconsistency, inconsistency. Yeah. Where some shots it looks like his kind of uh, just his life support knife, and some it looks like a small, like <laughs> small sword. Yeah, it's exact. I, I think it's supposed to be his knife, but it definitely looks exaggerated in some shots. But some shots, like later on, towards the end of the minute, it still looks like a, like a regular size, mm. regular size, whatever, like hunting <laughs> knife you'd use in the jungle. Is it about the same size as the one you have strapped to your thigh right now? Mine's a little bigger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. That's what we all say. Um, all right. Well, um, have you guys ever thrown like an explosive device? It doesn't have to be like military grade. It could just be like, you know, have you ever thrown a firecracker, firework? I, I'm sure you have. I know I grew up in Tennessee just dorking around with fireworks during the summertime. <laughs> I have a very vague memory at some point in high school with some friends throwing firecrackers, but I, I, that that's, I don't really remember anything other than literally a vague memory of some point throwing a firecracker in high school. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I've never really thrown it. I think I told you my story about like trying to make a tennis ball bomb. <laughs> um, and really it was, it was quite underwhelming. <laughs> okay have you ever thrown like an explosive like i mean only only like the kind of minor fireworks that you could okay uh, never a grenade or something never grenade never something like that um you know we occasionally throw like uh, a firework within a glass bottle into a lake and then watch that explode and that was cool 
That was always like the ultimate weapon when you were a kid. Like in my mind, the ultimate weapons to have were grenades and a flamethrower. <laughs> if I had those things, I would be unstoppable. <laughs> uh, but is it the beginning of Le- Lethal Weapon 3 where they're taking out the guy with the, the flamethrower? Oh, yeah. Tank, or is that 4? I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember, but if it's 3, nice tie-in. Yeah, good yeah. tie-in. We'll say mm-hmm. it is. And, uh, yeah, prove us wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, at the very end of the minute here, we get a shot of the green ooze, the secret of the ooze. Ooh, secret now, of the ooze. Yeah. Now, this is not the first time we've seen the Predator's blood, but we haven't seen it in a very long time, right? Didn't Anna Anna see it long ago on a leaf? Yes. She's the one who inspires, like, minutes down the road, like, from when she discovered it. Uh, like, a, a lot of movie time has passed before she even mentions it saying uh, when the big man was killed, you must've wounded it Mm. Uh, something about the blood. And then he says his big line, if it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, But yeah, I don't think we've seen the blood other than yeah. When she picks it up, but I think we see it also when the predator is healing itself, but yeah, you're right, Jeff. It's been a while since we saw some predator blood. It's, it's about flipping time. And this is, leading to one of my favorite scenes of the movie, which I think we see at the end of minute 93. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, yeah. And this is the, this is Dutch's first real strike. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I mean, I guess you could call the arrow a strike. Seeing That's as the true. Arrow was blown up about a foot away from the predator, but, <laughs> but they never showed us any real predator damage. Oh, like this is the first be. time that we really get uh, an idea that he's actually been wounded. I, I wonder if you're watching this in 1987 in the theater, if you're like cheering or if you're just thinking like, well, he just hit it with the arrow and that didn't do much. But mm-hmm. I think as soon as you see that blood at the end of this minute, I think maybe you're feeling a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You, your, your boy just got a shot in. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you guys confident as, as he's finding this blood at the end of this minute? I'm I'm feeling pretty confident, <laughs> but I know what's going to happen next minute. Oh, okay. You know, you already know. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, if, unless you guys have anything else to add about this second section, we can close up this minute. Yeah, let's let's close it up. Let's uh, jump towards uh, the weekly recommends. If Eric, you don't have anything else to add, uh, not for this minute. So this is the section of the show where we recommend basically anything to the audience uh the ether if you will the listeners um so eric why don't you uh start us off being the guest what do you have to recommend to the listeners well this is uh we'll, we'll date this episode here we're recording this uh in our uh what are this is month number 814 of quarantine <laughs> that's <laughs> a little bit longer yeah that yeah. sounds about right yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that allows time for lots of binge watching of things, mm-hmm. and uh, I so this is a show from a, quite a few years ago, so it's not a new show, but I uh, just binged it over the last couple of months, um, and it's easy to binge because it's it was only I think sixteen or eighteen episodes total. Uh, Vice Principles on HBO. Huh. Uh, if you you have to definitely like dark um, and and really out there humor. Is that the but, one with uh, uh, Danny McBride? 
Yes, and, and Walton Goggins. Yes, oh. I saw a couple episodes of it for whatever reason. I, I never finished them, but I remember it being very funny. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a very specific kind of humor. If, if you don't like really dark stuff, <laughs> you're not going to like it. But um, I, I found it very enjoyable. I, I, and uh, it, it was, you know, it actually had like a, a beginning, a middle, and end. I read about it after I finished binge and, and it turns out they specifically set out to make it 18 episodes from the start so they, they had a plan all along and you could see that uh in, in the through lines throughout and uh very very interesting very over the top it's, it's not you know i thought it was going to be about vice principles in kind of the real world and it, it's the real world but you know all kinds of crazy things happen that would never happen in the real world so uh as long as you know that going in it, it's enjoyable it's definitely a lot of dark humor hmm Nice. Man, I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out because, uh, as Jeff and I are both teachers, um, <laughs> yes, I, I feel like a big thing we're going to miss here in the beginning, teaching remotely, is that a lack of interacting with uh, other teachers, administrators, and students. So it might maybe it'll scratch the itch a little bit. Yeah, and of course, you guys can reveal now uh, to all your coworkers. Listen, you guys really hate your vice principals. Right? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, comment, no comment. No comment. <laughs> I, lo- I love my ba- my vice principals. I, oh, they're they're the best. Seriously. You, you know, uh, I uh, like you, Eric. Have been uh, binging things and watching a lot of TV, and um, I I gotta come correct and recommend the new iteration of Unsolved Mysteries that dropped onto Netflix recently. Oh, I don't know if you guys were a fan of the original series back in the day. Okay. Update. Yeah, but uh, that was a show that I would sort of like casually watch if I came across it. Um, and some of the episodes were, you know, sort of creepy uh, and kind of fun to watch. And the new version of the show is is really, really well done. Each episode is like really like a little one hour mini documentary on an unsolved crime. And they're done pretty well. Um, and you have to get over the fact that all these questions are raised and then in the end you don't get any answers but um they present every mystery every story from a lot of different angles and allows you to kind of make your own um thoughts and predictions about what you think actually happened um in a really fun way so um yeah check out unsolved mysteries the brand new series on netflix it's it's pretty good awesome yeah awesome um who is hosting they don't really have a formal host. Oh. Yeah, it's just more done in like a documentary style. Yeah, Probably because Robert Stack just killed it so good. In right. The- yeah, you can't live up to Robert Stack. No. no. Who, who can replace that voice, really? Exactly. Yeah. Who can replace that voice? <laughs> so, John, what do you have to recommend uh, in your neck of the woods? <laughs> I can hint a little bit of... <laughs> what are you talking about? It's going to be weird. It's going to be more <laughs> typical. Uh, this will be the typical one. Uh, Sarah and I watched an awesome Netflix movie the other night called Eurovision. It uh, oh yeah details yeah it details um, the journey of a little Icelandic group. It's it's a fictional movie. It's not real, but um, it details a, 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 this Icelandic group uh, going to the big Eurovision finals. Uh, this big 
song competition that's held in Europe every year. Um, it's a real deal. I had never heard of Eurovision until I saw the movie and then researched it. Apparently, uh, Will Ferrell, who co-wrote the movie and stars in the movie with Rachel McAdams, uh, he has a huge love of Eurovision um, ever since he hmm. married his wife, who's from Sweden, I think it is. Uh, and he loves Eurovision so much that he, you know, produced, wrote stars in this movie, uh, really showcasing what Eurovision is all about, uh, including, of course, like this dramatic telling of uh, one of the groups um, coming from a little tiny town in Iceland and really putting uh, Eurovision on its ear, just doing an awesome job. And uh, the performances are fun and wacky. Um, by Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams and Dan Stevens, of course. Uh, mm. I know a favorite of yours, Jeff, from the yeah. cast. Yep, uh, yep. He plays a, a, a fun character. Um, and it's just, just a, overall, I'd say like a really pleasant movie. There's there's not like a lot of meanness or spite in it. And like the songs are original. They're sung by, I believe, um, former Eurovision finalists or Eurovision contestants hmm. and it's, it's it's just a fun little movie it's it's sweet but um, yeah those songs are definitely earworms they'll stick with you so <laughs> check out Eurovision it's a Netflix original so you'll find it on Netflix nice yeah that's a fun one we watch that too it's a yeah. if you're looking for a light uh, comedy with some heart uh, yeah check it out it's fun lots of music too yeah Eric had you ever heard of Eurovision the movie uh, no um, I the guess contest. the cuts. I mean, I'm, I maybe I'm not um, a reality TV competition uh, person. Sure. So um, I'm not really tuned into that. So it, it does sound familiar. Eurovision, though. It's. I'm assuming it's like a Europe version of American Idol, basically. It kind of is, but I think if I remember, this has been around since uh, the. Was it the 50s or the 60s? So it definitely predates. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it's it's been around for a long, long time, um, and they allude to that in the movie a few times. Where yeah, you might be watching, you know, not knowing about Eurovision and thinking like they're making so much of this up, but it's totally this pre yeah this uh, what is the word I'm looking for this uh, proto institution. American, yeah. Yeah, sure. Proto institution that like we base <laughs> so many of our song and other live contests on. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, 1956. It looks like was the first year it was hosted. All right. Well, guys, I think we did it. I think we did. So now's the time where we uh, talk about where we can find our esteemed guest and co-host and show, of course. But uh, Eric, where can uh, people check you out? Uh, well, they can, I mean, check me out. I mean, I only allow my wife to do that. Uh, as far as listening to my podcasts, uh, if you go to growlermedia.com, uh, G-R-O-W-L-E-R, growlermedia.com, you can find Flash Gordon Minute and Escape from New York Minute, and they're both on all of the big podcast, uh, pod catchers as well, so you, they're easy to find. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I love the, I guest on various Movies by Minute things also like predator minute and other things as well but that's the big two things the ones that i co-hosted awesome uh thinking of yeah speaking of big things you co-hosted jeff where can people find you <laughs> well done uh you can find me on the twitter uh carl underscore hungus 314 
I am Jeff Glover. Come follow me there. My name is Kalish Bin Expert. John, where can we find all things Predator Minute? Well, you can find us on the Twitter sphere at Predator Minute. Uh, you can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com. Unfortunately, no new uh, emails have come in since the last episode for us to read, but uh, feel free to email the show and I will read out your emails. Um, that's kind of fun little challenge and a few people have uh, <laughs> risen to that challenge and sent me some things including uh, the Quint speech from Jaws <laughs> which I read uh, last minute but uh, you can also join the listeners group on Facebook it is the Predator Minute listeners Palapa targets the center of the Palapa targets the center of the Palapa targets the center of the Palapa <laughs> targets the center of the Palapa targets the center of the uh, so for all things Predator Minute 92, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And with us today... Oh, <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to say no, my name. Good. Good. I know, we, we, didn't, we, didn't prep, the host. we didn't prep you for that, yeah. Uh, and I've been Eric Dewey. Hey, thanks Eric for being here again, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been really fun having you, Eric, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And until next time... Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. All right, well, you got your Captain Morgans. Did you mix that with a little Coca-Cola or something? I mixed it with a little milk, a little raw milk and ice, a lot of ice. Raw milk? milk and ice. Jesus. Uh, milk. Like my, like, <laughs> Are you okay? No. That sounds I, heinous. I like my cream mixed with my alcohol. It's so good. Like some half and half and like tequila. Oh, it's it's like it's so good. It's like well, an alcoholic milkshake. Oh wow. Well see, I, I slightly can get on board with this because I do enjoy like eggnog with, with spiced rum. So go. I can I understand how the creamy could mix in all right. But uh, exactly the same. you're just, just you're kicking it up a notch with raw milk and ice. That's fucking brutal. All right, just do it. <laughs> we're, we're a raw milk household. Like raw milk is like that's a strong recommend. Like that does not give me like the time <laughs> you recommend this milk. That's to recommend leading <laughs> off of it. It probably should be. I'm not going to start raw off with milk. a recommend. But oh, Jesus, I recommend raw milk and diarrhea. <laughs>